Hello, and welcome to Chuckle Fuck Corner, the new segment of this show where I talk about some fucking ass clown that uh, was a chuckle fuck. Anyway, so it always amazes me when like patients, they'll think that you you did something, they're very assistant, uh, that, that, that you did some wrong to them like purposely. Um, it, you know, it, it can be fucking anything like, oh, you did this feeling wrong. Is a joke. It's like, no, because then you have to fucking come back and I have to like see you and fix it. It takes time off my schedule. It's like, they don't understand that anytime that you come in and you're not paying me money, like it's costing me money. Anytime you're in a chair and it's, it's preventing production from getting in and me doing something, uh, productive, it's just costing me overhead and overhead in dental is expensive, you know, um, with my staffing and things like that. It's like, I, I really want to be, generating at least at least bare minimum eighty dollars uh per appointment i think is what i what i have it figured out to which isn't a whole hell of a lot and it's pretty easy to do that but if you're like adjustment 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 soft line and this is this is not an hour <laughs> per chair per per thing like you know i like to run obviously higher than eighty dollars but anyway so long story short you come in for these uh, appointments that don't lead anywhere um it it's hurtful to me and on like a, a denture especially if like you're getting like a low-end fucking four or five hundred dollar denture like you come in six times i might as well have just given you money right so i i'm not a fan of that i try to you know be really clear about denture expectations i try to really like you know walk them through the process make sure like at wax tries you know they know what to expect they they know lower is going to be kind of kind of floaty because they don't have any bone whatever so anyway this guy and he had his surgery done like a month ago or some bullshit and then he left that office because he didn't like his immediate denture and he wants us to make another one we were like you know honestly if we do this it's probably gonna be oversized and you're gonna need to get like another one later minimum reline anyway you know kind of talking about the whole process still went through so we're doing a wax try every time he comes in, you know, for anything, obviously it doesn't fit uh, super well because he's like really early in the healing thing. So we're like, you know, upfront, like this will need to be lined. This will need to be adjusted. You know, you're still in the healing process. Blibbity boppity bloop, right? Well, anyway, so he approves the wax try. I have a, a, a checkoff list that the patient goes through and they initial everything. And we ask them like, number one question, do you like the shade of the teeth? Because if you don't, it doesn't make sense for us to do anything else that's the fucking verbiage right so he okays the shade of the teeth and go through the whole checklist so it comes into delivery and he's like what no this isn't right those are too dark that's not what i want so you know come come in and it's like yeah those are those are the wrong teeth those are way too dark it's like well these were the ones that were on the wax try when you know you went through this checklist here's the checklist that you signed and whatnot like and the first thing on there is like about the shade because I cannot change the shade of the teeth at this stage. Like, it, it, it donezo. Like, I can't do that. And he's like, well, they weren't that color. You guys changed them. It's like, that's right. You know, after you left, I went in the fucking back and I was like, <laughs> and I flicked off all the fucking teeth and I put darker ones on there because I wanted you to come back and be unhappy. Does that make any sense? No. No, it doesn't. Like, I, you know, we're at an impasse here. The only thing I can do is 
start over, which we can do. That's fine. But when we do this wax visit again next time, I need you to be 100% sure you like the color of the teeth. Because as soon as you say that you like it and sign this form, we're going to process it. And I cannot undo that. So anyway, it's just, I don't know what people fucking think. Why would I do that? How would that benefit me? Like, because I really wanted to do everything twice. Because I love seeing your smileless face so much that I want to double the visits. No, 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 senor chuckle fuck. That is, that is not the case. We don't have like fucking Keebler elves that come in and switch the teeth in the dead of night, you know, just to fuck with us. So anyway, uh, and this has been the chuckle fuck corner. All right, I just worked a fantastic Saturday uh, for, what do I work, four and a half hours, five hours, four and a half hours, something like that. So it's not too bad. I do a half day once a month, and it's super nice because it's like I'm legitimately the only game in town. Uh, a lot of people, dentists aren't even open like on Friday. So, like, when their shit needs going down, people need emergency appointments, you know, different things like that. And they have work schedule. Uh, like, my Saturday is usually pretty good. I try to put, like, big procedure stuff. I had one that someone was coming from a distance. And I think I was doing a root canal and two crown preps or some something that was supposed to be wor- worthwhile. But she got sick or something and it fell off. So, I only had, like... A couple of fillings, which I usually do not do fillings on Saturday. It was just she was getting, like, uh, hygiene therapy. So it doesn't make sense to not, you know, do it. So I did those. Uh, and then anything else, I had a crown prep uh, from, I think, yesterday or the day before. guy came in, uh, needed a crown. It's like, yeah, I can cut that crown tomorrow. So I just did, did that. So didn't have any other production, but at all new patients. And I think I started four cases like the same day extraction stuff that was pretty good had one guy that drove for three hours because we were the closest place that was open pulled out his too so it's kind of a good day had like another weird one where there's like a six-year-old kid and like they were calling trying to get an appointment and i do like uh free exams for like adult comprehensive stuff but i don't for kids because uh, I'm not a pediatric dentist, for one. So if you really need a pediatric dentist, uh, you know, we try to gatekeep a little bit in such a way that you will go to one. And I, I've, I've worked with kids. I do kids. Um, I do know how to do kid trauma stuff. Like this kid, it sounded like he had a, a, a one central incisor sticking straight out into his lip from some kind of bathroom accident. Uh, with a t-shirt. I don't, I don't know. It all, all sent weird, the recollection. But anyway, but they were like just saying on the phone, we have no money. We have no money. We have no money. And that's like a rough sitch to be in. It's like, I'm, I'm here on a Saturday with, with a skill set and I'm, you know, trying to see, you know, other people and do these, these same day cases. It's like, yeah, yeah I want to see you in, in stuff. But, you know, if you can't afford the exam and you're saying you have no, 
you're not going to pay for treatment and that you're going to go to your other dentist. I, I just don't know what I'm going to do for you other than traumatize your kid trying to get an image. And I mean, that's not a, you know, if it was something different, uh, you know, maybe there, there could be a different thing, but we just tried to triage them to a better place for them to be. Cause it's like, I could take the x-ray and whatnot, but it's like, you know, are we trying to reset something and splint it? Is it just like, you know, like the crown of a primary tooth that just basically needs to come out and was going to come out anyway? Or is this, uh, you know, like a fucking broken adult tooth that actually needs, uh, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, pulpal therapy initiated and stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff to get into. So just diagnosing, you know, it takes a hot minute and then and triaging. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's just like, I do need to be compensated for my time and expertise. Anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with any of that. I was trying to get to baseball cards because I mentioned that I have a lot of baseball cards and I've done a lot of like baseball card selling and uh investing sorta of that i got like a ton of questions i didn't know that this was such a like interesting thing so let me do some clarifications clarification number one this is not something i actively uh invest in i don't go and buy a bunch of baseball card stuff i know people who do my nephew does really good doing it um but it's something that like when i was younger uh, my dad was really into sports memorabilia collecting both, uh, you know, cards, but also figures like the starting lineups, the McFarlane's, that type of thing. Um, uh, memorabilia, you know, signed autograph stuff, game worn stuff, you know, he's into that type of thing. There was a guy that he was friends with had a baseball card shop in, in this town. He eventually went out of business because I don't think baseball card shops are really like a thing anymore. Anyway, my dad bought his inventory. Um, and then throughout the years, various people who, uh, collected, you know, cards or figures or whatever would eventually get hard up for money, for money or whatever. And my dad would buy their collection, you know, uh, and, and the cool thing. And I've like been in this position. I've tried to help people. It's like, you know, the, where they want to sell something that, or they need money. So they need to sell something, but they don't really want to sell it. If I'm in a position, it's like, Hey, I will buy this thing from you. And if you want it back, you give me the exact same amount of money for it and you can have it back. Like, and that's kind of how my dad did these collection buys or whatever. Well, anyway, when he passed, uh, all this stuff went into to storage and then eventually it all went to me and like my attic is just full of it. Um, so when I was in school and things and I, I needed, like I said, money to buy uh, Caitlin a gift or whatever, I would, uh, you know, go in and like fucking eBay, like a McFarland variant or, you know, something like that. So that's kind of where I've had stuff. I still do have a bunch of stuff. I have a sizable collection of things. Unfortunately, a lot of the cards are from like the fucking, you know, late eighties, early nineties slop era where there was just like too many fucking cards that were printed. So they're not really worth that much. But I have a bunch of shit and, you know, it's just it's hard to go through. Uh, it is stored well, but it's just like w what it would be worth is not worth my time going through it to, to part it out, if that makes sense. Um, but baseball card investing and collectibles investing is, is, is a thing. 
and I mean, there's really two two approaches. One is to try to try to find things that are going to be um, expensive later. You know, it's the same kind of thing of like you know buying the artwork of people that are about to die. You know, it's like well, after they die, they won't make any more art and like blah 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 blah. So you know, like getting uh limited edition like rookie cars and various different things and then kind of waiting for those those players to like hit it big. The thing about like sports cards now is it used to be that it was feasible for you to collect the set of whatever. Like I remember like a big set my dad uh was into I don't even remember like if it was tops or it was something, but they had these Mickey Mantle refractor cards and I think there were sixty of them. And they had the refractor. Refractor's like a weird little, like, it reflects lights, like foil covered, right? But then they also had ones that were hologram refractors, right? So the, the refractors, I think they were something like 1 to 10 or 20 packs or something like that. And the hologram refractors were like, you know, 1 to 100 packs. So, you know, there's 60 different ones. You need a minimum of like, what, 6,000 packs of cards to, to get a set. And obviously you're going to get dupes and whatnot. But, you know, if you were into it and especially if you could, you know, trade for ones or use eBay, you, it was realistic that any collector could, um, collect the whole set. You know, that, that, that was the thing. And that was sort of like when I was collecting and, uh, when my dad was into it, you know, like get them all like fucking Pokemon, you know, got to get them all was sort of the thing. And it was feasible. And that's how it was. It was marketed. Now, granted, there might be like some one off, like, you know, fucking contest cards like that has a, you know, autograph or, or some bullshit. But it wasn't as nearly as popular in, in that regard as it is now. Nowadays, you've got shit like, you know, sports cards and your fucking Pokemons and stuff that like there's one of that or one or two or 10, a very small amount. And it makes these, these cards like ridiculously rare, but they are for a different type of collector. Right. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about is it Logan Paul, what the, the one that does the, the wrestling, he's got the like, uh, quarter million Pokemon fucking card, uh, like around his neck in a case that he wears, you know, that type of thing. Like, I think that's, there's only, like, five of that card in existence, right? Well, that's not feasible for everyone to collect that. So it's, like, a different type of, you know, investment thing. Because, one, you have to find people that are, you know, can afford to get that. You know, that's that's part of it, sure. But the other part of it, and probably the more important part of it, um, is, you know, not only does the people have to have the money to buy it. They have to want it, you know, and that's one of the kind of the jokes in baseball card collecting is I have this card. It's worth $50 and you go to sell it and you come home and you're like, did you get the $50? And you're like, no, but I got three $20 cards. And that's kind of how that stuff works. So it's very hard to like get ahead with like, you know, I think the big, like, sell this big card unless you already have a buyer in mind and you're almost, like, sourcing it for them or you're just fucking lucky. So the more common thing is to to buy the new hotness 
break the boxes, open them, sell the variants as you get them on eBay or sell because there's a lot of times a scarcity of the, the packs themselves. So selling those, but you're selling like new stuff as it comes out. So it's like a job doing this. Like I said, my nephew does it. He does good on it. You know, good for him. Caleb, a little shout out. I don't think you listen, but you're a good kid. You're, you're my favorite nephew. Enjoy those toothbrushes. Um, so that's, that's the way that I think, you know, the card is, I don't, I don't think it's something that is a good buy and sit on it investment. I think art is better because uh, art, I feel like there's always a market for, be it the painter themselves or the style of art. You can always kind of find a buyer um, for art. And if you, you know, get, you know, like stuff from well-known artists, it's always going to go up in value. Or if you find these people that are breaking out, they're starting to do shows or they're doing things, you can kind of invest in them or finding people that are well-known, but on the way out uh, of the art game, maybe. A good example, Bob Rasta, basically impossible to get. His son, Steve Ross, uh, he paints, he does classes. You can get some of his stuff, not for a huge uh, price, you know, uh, he has the legacy connection to his father, right? So he is well known with the name Ross. Um, and he did, you know, have a heart attack uh, last year. He's recovering. He's doing well. I'm not like wishing ill on him, but I'm just saying like, he's older. He's not going to be painting forever. Um, though his work could be very good investment pieces. So anyway, weirdly, I'm, a, I'm just pulling in the frame store and I got to go get uh, some art that we had framed. So I'm going to go uh, go pick up my art um, again. Baseball cards. Fun. You can make a little bit of money, but I don't I don't think it's like a good like, you know, uh, investment thing. Like people were like, like, hey, like I have like two grand. Should I invest in baseball cards? I was like, fucking no. Stocks probably here are, are way better idea for your money. Again, I'm not a financial person or advisor. Don't take my advice to heart. Don't do anything I say ever under any circumstances. All right. Later. Drive safe. Okay. So, uh, yeah, finish, finish at the frame store. I know I just signed off. Uh, like, you really should drive safe, by the way. You know, don't not drive safe. Uh, just being facetious. Um, so anyway, uh, baseball card stuff. So the other thing that that sort of falls into is game, you know, worn stuff or used and, like, autographs and things. And it's it's really interesting on that stuff because there's i think there's a really big market for that but it's hard to like uh i don't authenticate so here's the thing about like anytime you're into anything like i collect movie props and you know i don't even like to show my shit to to people because if you do they're like well how do you know that that's real did it come with a certificate of authenticity and it's like dude that's just a piece of paper that somebody wrote on. That's not very meaningful. Anybody could write anything they want on a piece of paper. It doesn't really make it legitimate or not. So it's like you really have to do some due diligence on figuring out where where stuff come from. And then like you, you sort of have to like build a uh, a reputation uh, within the community of like you know, props or autographs or whatever to, to have some legitimacy to your certificate, right? So that's, 
that's number one. I just having a COA doesn't mean anything. You really need need to know the the provenance of the piece. So like a good example, um, I've got Jim uh, uh, watch from the office, uh, John Krasinski, right? His 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 watch that he wore uh, during that. Uh, I think that's like a really cool prop from the office. I also have Dwight's uh, calculator watch. Dwight wore a bunch of different watches throughout, so his was a little bit easier to obtain. Steve Carell, incidentally, is a watch guy, and actually his, like, silly watch that he has, uh, I forget what it was, it's like a Casio something, and he has a certificate on his wall, but it was like from his, it's like his own personal watch, so you can't get that one. But anyway, Jim's watch from the office. I, I got that. It does have a COA. But the thing about it is it came from this guy called, uh, named Paul Whitner, who, um, owns a, uh, a movie company. And he, he like, I think he hires people for voiceover work. Like he's like a, a Hollywood insider. He's a huge prop guy. He's probably, probably one of the most res- respected names in movie prop collecting. So it's like, yeah, this came from him is like a really good, uh, like, yeah, this is legitimate. Um, I collect stuff from this, that TV show, Supernatural. And, you know, some of the stuff I got, you know, from studio auctions. So those have COAs. Those are, those are valuable. Others I got directly from crew members from the show. And it's funny because sometimes they like, they don't want to include something. So you know that it's legitimate. Usually I just research people and, you know, if you're fucking on IMDb for the episode, it's, you know, I'll probably believe your shit. Um, but I've had people send me like, uh, you know, parts of their pay stub or something like that or something with their name on it from something from, uh, this show. And it's just, it's kind of cool. So, you know, y- you got to know these stuff. But again, like with baseball and, uh, sports memorabilia stuff, it can be really difficult to authenticate, like, Oh, this is a game ball. This is a game bat. You know, is it? Where did it come from? How do you do that? We had a lot of them. When my dad bought that inventory from that baseball card store, we had a lot of that stuff. We had like game. I remember I had a game. I still have a game worn Mark McGuire hat and a game worn Sammy Sosa hat from the year that they were really back and forth with the, the home run shit. Um, that's awesome. I know they're legitimate because I I know kind of where they came from. I would have a fuck of a time proving that. Like, I don't know how I would go about proving it. I don't know enough about baseball hats. Maybe they're marked in such a way or they're in such a way that you know that they're like a player hat. But, you know, I don't know. But I have those things. I don't really know how I, I would sell them. I had a lot of... uh things that were that were autographed and again like from the baseball card guy like you know i know he was going through legitimate channels and blah 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 i know a lot of stuff he got in person you know so i have i've had some various autographed things and i when i was um you know looking to get money at various times i would sell some of the stuff like i sold like an autographed uh Michael Jordan starting lineup figure at, at one point. I got a, a pretty good price for that, but there was no COA. And, you know, I, I was very upfront about no COA was signed in person, you know, around this era, blah, blah, my dad bought the store. I was like, you know, here's some other Michael ja- Jack, Michael, Michael Jackson autographs. So you can tell, no, Michael Jordan autographs, like, and like when you look in the autograph book, they say that he, 
usually did this with his J and blah, 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 blah. So you're like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And it's like, yeah, this autograph looks like that. Here you go. You know, um, but I expect and it did go lower than something that probably had a, a, a authentic autograph from a reputable source, etc. But kind of a really funny thing that happened is uh, there was a baseball player. And do I do I say who? Yeah, I don't I don't think, you know, I'm not going to say who. Come to think of it, they've already threatened to sue me once. We <laughs> we won't have to say. We'll just say baseball player, pretty famous, set set a pretty cool record. I used to be really into this uh, this player as a kid, and uh, my dad took me to a baseball game in which uh, this person was playing, and I was able to get their autograph on a card, right? So I got their autograph on a card. Now, one one thing you got to realize when people sign, and they do have these autograph books, you know, that kind of show like, oh, you know, like fucking Hank Williams signed his this, and you know, Jordan did this with his J, and Ted Williams always crossed his T like that, you know, stuff like that. But when you're signing multiple autographs and you're in a rush and you're, you know, you're doing these different things, I have autographs that like I was there for that don't really look like the autograph of the person that, uh, that autographed it. You know, that's just a, it's just a thing that happens. Now, if I ever go to sell that, that might be, uh, an issue on this particular Baseball card, very good looking signature. Not only very good looking signature, but matches the stuff of what it says his, his autograph should look like in the, in the books. I forget the name of the book that has all this autograph shit in it for baseball players, sports players. When I say baseball cards, that includes all sports. Uh, I don't know why, but it does for me when I say it. So anyway. Uh, but this guy legitimately was baseball with the bat and shit. I used to be really into that. It's funny now because I can't watch it because it's so fucking slow and boring. But anyway, uh, my dad was really into it. So I think I think that helped. He knew all the stats. He was like really into it. Uh, but anyway, so I, I got this when I was like eight or something like that. And, you know, it was a very prized possession. And like Boy Scouts, I like wood burned a custom like holder for the card and stuff. It was really silly. And I had like a little picture of me standing next to the baseball player because they had that. And you can actually see in that picture sort of the card in my hand. It's not like zoomed in or anything. He's not signing it at the exact moment, but it's still, it's, it's a pretty good thing. Well, anyway, um, I was trying to sell some stuff. I, you know, I, the stuff was like in storage, not at my house, you know, but I had this. You know, I was really trying. I don't remember what I was trying to get, but I was like, well, you know, like I, I probably get like, you know, maybe maybe a hundred bucks for this thing. And I, I could really use this um, to, to further my endeavors with whatever I was trying to do. So I put it on eBay. And I get some bids like like right away. And it's a it's around, you know, where I want it to be. And I'm like excited because, you know, all the bidding really happens at the, in the last like five minutes, right, is when stuff goes up. So I'm like, oh, maybe this will this will come out good, you know, uh, excitement. Well, then I go to check on it. It's just gone. I was like, what the fuck? And I have, like, this email from eBay about how they took it down because it was reported by that, you know, baseball player's estate as fraudulent. And I was like, 
the fuck? I mean, it's not fraudulent. You know, I just had it listed again, you know, and I'm very upfront. Like, it's like such and such autograph, no COA, you know, and I put the little story of when I got it and, and stuff and I was got in person. So I was like, well, okay, well, I just had a picture of the card, you know, so, y- you know, whatever. So I'm going to put it back up and I'm going to include this picture of me holding the card standing next to the fucking baseball guy. Like that's, that's pretty good proof, right? There's me, there's the card. You know, you can assume that before or after this picture, a signature took place, right? So I put this on, you know, get some get bids, get some bids from the people that bid on it before, I'm sure. Um, I get a message uh, that um, it's being reported, which I respond to. And I was like, "This, I got this in person, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, no one responds back to that message. And eBay takes it down again. I'm pissed. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, eBay, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to put that I am selling this custom-made wood-burned piece of garbage Boy Scout frame thing for the card. I'm including the card for free um, at a buy-it-now price of the price that uh, that I wanna that I w- wanted, wanted it to go for and wanted to sell. Hundred bucks, we'll say. I don't remember exactly. So I put this in, and immediately it's purchased. And the uh, person that purchased it uh, selected, because this is back in in the day, like paying with a money order for something on eBay was like actually like something that happened and was legitimate. And and people would do that from time to time. I'm kind of dating myself and Katie when when this happened. But anyway, so they wanted a fucking send a money order. So I sent the little thing like blah, 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 blah. You know, money order. I did not get a money order. I got a cease and desist from the lawyers of this such and such ball players, you know, estate basically saying that uh, they will press charges if I continue to, you know, sell fraudulent autographed blah, 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 blah. So anyway, there's a fucking return address on it. So I was like, I just boxed up the frame and the. A card and a picture of me, and I was like, hey, I used to really look up to this baseball player, and I liked him a lot. Um, through this experience, that's all been ruined for me. Go fuck yourself. You can have this, you know, type, type of thing. Send it up. Never heard anything back from it. You know, it's just, uh, it was just me trying to, trying to give a fuck you. But the whole thing just really pissed me off, and it really goes to show like that was like a legitimate thing like i it's legitimate because i i was there and i mean i feel like i had pretty good proof like with the the photo granted the it's you know i didn't say hey i might sell this on ebay in 15 years if someone could take a picture of him actually signing it that would be great um they probably wouldn't have even you know felt that was real so it's 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 tricky with that stuff because you know just because you have something saying it's real doesn't necessarily mean it's real so you really have to trust the sources so getting into like the 
autograph stuff, the game stuff, you know, again, it, it can just be a, a tricky business to get into because there is, there is a lot of fraudulent stuff. Um, I have, uh, definitely got things and, you know, been like, mm, I don't really, I think I got screwed. And I've definitely been looking into things and, you know, have been better at asking questions or getting stuff and realizing, yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is not, uh, legitimate. So. You know, something something to think about on, on that type of stuff. You know, it's only a good investment if it goes up in value and you can sell it. You know, so uh, like when I think about, you know, like uh, I have just some like you can buy like these little U.S. Treasury, like little ounce of gold, you know, ounce of silver things like those are pretty good. Cause you can I think you can just take those basically to the bank like you can you can get money for them, you know back that way uh savings bond type stuff is good i like i said art i feel like there's always a market for you can always sell art um, art's pretty popular right now like something i'm just getting into there's various you know brokerages and ways that you can you can go about selling art pieces so i think that's uh that's good uh again same with art there's forgeries and fakes in there so you need to have like you know good provenance and you know get from reputable sources uh i feel like art is a little bit harder to forge in my opinion than would be a uh a, you know like a signature but i don't really know for sure so uh i don't have a lot of art or anything like that i just try to get uh stuff that i know it's like oh yeah it came from this fucking museum like yeah it's probably probably legit um, what else? What else? Uh, so yeah, the, the baseball stuff. I mean, there's, there's money there. I just, I feel like the people that I know that do that and, and do good about it, they like, they work it. They work it. Uh, oh shit. Did I ever tell you about my Pokemon lab guy? Hmm. There's a wrecked car right there. I think there's the guy that wrecked the car walking down the street. Almost think we should pick him up. Looks like he's having a bad day. Yep. He's a hitchhiking. Um, Anyway, so my, my, this is, you know, too good to be true thing story, like it probably is. So I had a lab guy and he was really into fucking Pokemon cars. Pokemon came, I I, like, I came a little too early for Pokemon. I didn't really get into it. I know of it. You know, I know what some of them are. I know like your big ones, your Jigglypuffs, your Pikachus, your Squirtles, your Meowth or whatever, Mew, Mewtwo, you know, Snorlax. I, 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 the, the mime, Mr. Mime, guy with the fucking rock arms, you know, I know a lot of them. Uh, but I wasn't super into it. I didn't really play the games. I don't, I don't play the cards. I don't, I don't have any of that stuff, but I know people are really into that and there's like, some money to be made there. Again, it's that scarcity thing and it's like you have to like make a job of opening up. So anyway, uh, my lab guy got like Nigerian prince, like this guy. He started talking to you on the internet and like, I guess had him do some like, Hey, I, I, my money's tied up in this. If you buy me this, I'll, you know, I'll pay you back like 110%, you know, something. So there's some stuff and yada, yada. And the guy convinced him to like that he was buying this house in another city. And like, he's like, yeah, I want you to move in and live in the house and open uh Pokemon cards on the internet for my channel um and I'll pay you like a hundred thousand dollars a year to do that or whatever. So he's like, I'm gonna quit my job and do this. 
And like in the middle of a fucking shift, he's like, yeah, no, he wants me there like tomorrow. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to quit. And it's like, dude, like, you know, if you want to chase your dreams, like that is cool. Uh, you do whatever you want. I just, I just am going to say, you know, if you walk out in the middle of the shift, you're, you know, you're not rehirable and I am in no way able to give any kind of positive reference for you. You know, that's, that's the reality of, of the thing. Like, uh, you should be giving me a two week notice. Like you are a skilled position that I have to replace. Like I am going to have cases that cannot be finished that I can't complete. I'm going to have to reschedule a lot of stuff because you're putting me in this position. Like you do realize that, right? And he's like, no, but I, I mean, I really have to, you know, this is just the iron is hot and I got to like chase my dreams. Like, all right, you know, like telling you best of luck, but I'm also telling you dick move, not rehirable, you know, no positive reference. You know, that's, that's, I've got to say that. So anyway, so he goes, this is like a Wednesday. So he we went down there, you know, house was like locked or something and couldn't get in. He was trying to contact the guy. I stopped co- uh, contacting him. So basically there was no house. There was no job. Shooting, shooting me a text on like Monday about wanting to get his job back. It's like, I've already had to fucking fly in and house some other person just to fucking finish the shit that I need. You know, like you put me in a major bind. It's been very expensive for me to recover. Like, no, I told you, you're not rehirable. Like, like, sorry that the Nigerian prince got you, but man, like, I, there were a lot of warning signs there, dude. Like, you just gotta be smarter, I guess. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, there, I, I think it's something like if you're trying to make some extra money to, to have some walking around fun money, like, sure. That's a that's a thing. And do sports cards and autographs and fucking movie props. And you can have a lot of fun with that. Uh, if you're going to try to retire off of it, I think that is not a super good idea. So, uh, yeah, don't uh, don't do that. Um, although right now, fucking just buy some chickens because eggs are like six bucks a dozen. It's crazy. I could be so rich if I upped the prices of my eggs. But I have not. Because I haven't noticed a change. I'm still buried in fucking eggs, right? If you want some eggs, shoot me an email, and I'll shoot you an egg. All right, later. I feel like I should have a new segment. It's like, what my baby's listening to. Because, uh, so I thought, and I, you might remember, I think I talked about it on here, that I got a bunch of, like, how-to books on magic and i figured like you know when the kids like pretty up but i have to like sit with them and like do things it's like oh i'll show them fucking magic tricks so it's like kind of you know doing doing something that i'm uh you know kind of interested in and can have fun with i don't think i can get out this way and then um you know kind of be interactive and kind of hanging out with him well he goes through periods where he just wants to be sort of on you or 
you're kind of supporting him and rocking him back and forth a little bit. So I, I only have one hand, which means I can like play a game on my phone or fucking answer shit on Reddit or, you know, do some scrolling or whatnot. Um, but sometimes he really wants you to play him some fucking music, uh, to calm his shit down. Uh, which luckily I got the hand on the phone. I pull up like YouTube playlists. Uh, and so the first thing that I stumbled upon that he was into and like quieted him down was, uh, it was around, around Christmas or shortly thereafter. Um, this song, it's called Santa Claus by, uh, Psycho Stick. And it is a, the guy is basically, it's like a Rob Zombie, um, cover or whatever, uh, where he's like, I'm Santa Claus instead of like Dragula. Uh, so that would just, uh, something about the, just the, the sound of, I think that music and Rob Zombie's voice or someone pretending to be Rob Zombie is like very, uh, close in regards of like, uh, it's sort of melodious as it doesn't necessarily sound exactly like, you know, a voice that sort of music is very white noisy is what I'm getting at. So he was like really into, uh, that, and I could play him like anything off of like Astro Creep 2000. Um, I could play him the actual Dragula song. He was like really into like that. And, uh, I, th- I think I tried some other things like s- he liked some System of a Down, some Power Man 5000, but then he did this like switch and he was like, I need super upbeat, bouncy music. And so there's this movie Spy. It's, it's kind of, not a great movie. I think it's uh, Melissa McCarthy is the main character in it. And her, her part of the thing is okay. But, uh, what was his name? Uh, fuck. Handsome Rob or whatever. Uh, shit. Can't think of his name. It's going to come to me. The guy that was the transporter, whoever the fuck he is, you know, in Hobbs and Shaw, he's not the rock. That guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking with me. Um, but he, uh, he basically, um, did, uh, uh, did a character of his action heroes in, in this fucking film that's just really funny. But anyway, there's some part where Melissa McCarthy is like chasing the bad guy and they, and I think she's in Europe and she chases him across and there's this band. I don't know what the heck they're called. It's like Therda Likovic or something. I think they're Ukrainian, but they have this, uh, Uh, just this they dress in very like silver metallic like but also at the same time flamboyant and it's like techno polka uh they have a song called dancing that (laughs) i don't know i'll put it on this but that is something that he he gets really into and then from that we've like rolled off and he listens to like the weird al polkas so he likes that stuff and then I kind of cycle through and every now and then I, I find songs that are just like weird. Like there's a song about birds, uh, which is this Australian guy talking about how much the Ibis sucks. Uh, he likes that song. It's just, it's funny because there's songs that you immediately put it on and he just, it's just out, you know, he's like, nope, I'm just listening to this. I'm into this. And there's other things where he just keeps screaming. Um, and it's funny too. Cause if like, he kind of, yeah, I get the phone sort of near him and whatnot. And sometimes he'll flail around and he'll hit, hit the phone with his hand and it'll stop the music. So he's basically, he's like, listen to dancing. He's dancing about that. He hits the phone. 
So the music stops and then he starts screaming. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting just how much like, uh, you know, he's into just certain sounds, I guess. So yeah, that's, that's what it's like having a baby is you listen to music and it's great because like a song about birds and like the I've got no fucks to give song. Like I, I let him listen to a, a bunch of shit that I probably once he starts saying stuff, got to cut it back a little, but it'll it'll be embedded in his subconscious. Like, this is how I'm going to like it. Actually, I was in uh, Fred Meyer the other day and I walked by this wall of like. Uh, I guess it was like STEM toys, if that makes sense. So there are all these like science experiments and like there's like kinetics with marbles and all this different stuff. And I got like so immediately sad that I have to wait for him to age a little bit more before I can like get all these badass fucking science toys to play with him with. So anyway, yeah, uh, I do have one of the first things I bought him was I bought him the Play-Doh dentist set. So as soon as he's ready, I'll start his training, you know, got to get him, you know, to where he can extract uh, a teeth. I want him to be the dentist for his kindergarten class. That's the, that's the goal. You know, see if we can get him there. Anyway. Uh, yeah. If you want to be his first patient for his board exam, you let me know. I love you. I love you. 